The Human Communication Playbook, Part 4. This week, I published my 1000th podcast episode. It's been a long journey, and not a journey I chose for myself. You see, it was never supposed to be like this. I was the screwdriver boy. They had to hide all the screwdrivers in our house because I took stuff apart. Musical keyboards, calculators, model trains, radio sets, and even the back of the old Valve television with a sticker that read, Danger of Electrocution, just to look inside. It's worth, it's worth noting, I actually wasn't very good at putting things back together again. I wanted to know how things worked. I was a curious scientist at heart, even if that got me into trouble. For my fifth birthday, my parents bought me a telescope and warned, if I took it apart, that that would be the last present I ever received. That weekend, without speaking to anybody, I sat out in the garden until late, marvelling at 150 billion stars in our galaxy, beauty suspended in a vast, enveloping darkness, and for the first time ever, silence. The following week, I told my teacher that the Earth went around the sun. You're wrong, she said. And to prove it, she took a stick of chalk, drew a line on the classroom wall to show where the sun's shadow fell. Twenty minutes later, the shadow had moved. Q-E-D. The sun moved around the Earth. I wasn't very good with words, so she won that argument. One of the reasons I didn't talk much at school was my hearing. I had problems. Mum was consistently taking me out of school to medical checkups. I remember being six years old, watching a family gather around an old man lying in a hospital bed. They were crying and holding hands. I went home and cried my eyes out too, because for the first time, I realised that I would die someday. Dad just laughed and closed the bedroom door on me. When I was stopped from poking inside physical boxes, I discovered mental ones. At seven, I read a book called 1001 Santas, and I told my classmate, Sean, that Santa Claus didn't exist. In shock, he went home and told his mum. I thought nothing of it, but then, the next day, his large and threatening mum burst into the classroom shouting, Where's the boy that told my son Santa Claus didn't exist? I'd never seen a woman with a shaved head before. Early on, I learned that my search for truth is one that can get you into trouble with people who don't want to hear it. Poking machines, okay. Poking humans, however, trouble. I was destined to become an inventor, a scientist, or an engineer, not a podcaster. But something went wrong with the master plan. Being a difficult kid meant that school life was quite restless. I moved school a lot, where most attend three or four schools, colleges and universities in their official education. I went to 12. This meant my most pressing concern wasn't understanding the universe, the workings of a combustion engine, or programming my ZX81 home computer with 1K and 16K expansion pack, but other people. Imagine day one of being the new kid at your school. It's hell. And I went through more than my fair share. Your teacher greets you and sits you at your desk. Some kids pass you messages. Others flick paper clips at your head with wooden rulers. And having a big bush of Afro hair made my head a good target. 
Next, you're at the canteen, day one, getting served, and then the moment of truth. It hits you. You turn and face the lunch hall. And in a split second, you have to decide where to sit. And that split second can affect your entire life. Do you gamble and sit with the cool kids? Do you upscale your social standing from the previous school? Will they reject and humiliate you? Will they find out about you at the previous school? Or do you sit with the uncool kids and risk being accepted? You might never escape. If I could find some knowledge or a tool that helped me lift the lid on people's minds and understand them, I'd consume it from a book. How do you read social situations fast? How do you communicate and interact with people you don't know have met for the first time? How do you influence and engage with strangers? Who is the school bully? With my 12th birthday money, I bought a political almanac and I studied data on 100 years of election results and I consumed them avidly just because I wanted to know how people thought and how they made decisions. But that was a poor gamble. My schoolmates thought me strange. So instead, I learned to write adventure games in BASIC on my ZX81. Some of the, the work I actually got published in computer magazines, and I won £10. I wasn't really interested in fighting goblins. I was more obsessed about this idea that you could measure decisions as north, south, east, or west. And I guess I haven't stopped doing that for 40 years because I had no option but to make this work. I couldn't hold eye contact. I sounded like I had a permanent cold. And in later life, I would lose deals because I was the worst ever elevator pitch man in the team. I had to master the art of human communication. And my tool of choice was lifting the lid on it and poking inside the box. You see, in a parallel universe, I should have studied a PhD. It would have been a more noble a quest to understand human communication. I would have been a doctor in psychology or human communication or cognitive sciences. Indeed, I did actually study psychology and at university artificial intelligence. I became a teacher. I set up a mobile communications company and now a podcast agency. And while the insights would have been great if I had gleaned them from a PhD, my motivations were very different. For me, it was unfinished business. I wanted to know why the cool kids laughed at me as I stood red-faced there holding my lunch tray. And that day at the school disco, when Tara and her friends approached my mates and then asked them to dance one by one, there I was, last in line, waited expectantly when Tara, the alpha girl of the school, took one look at me, shook her head, and burst out laughing. How is it I find myself at this midpoint in life, concerned about these trivial elements of my past? And why should you? Because... These are the stories we are all living out today. Raising money for your startup, leading a team, winning clients, getting hired, innovating new products, thought leadership, empathizing with customers, connecting with partners, getting elected, or just trying to make sense of this crazy patchwork narrative that is our lives. These aren't strategies defined in slide decks, pitch decks, 
PowerPoints, business plans. These are conversations taking place every day. Conversations that influence, conversations that connect, conversations that engage, conversations that become a bigger picture by which others understand us. These are the conversations that make us that kid. You never write a story. Stories write you. And in short, I didn't have any special talent to tell mine. I just had to prove a few mofos wrong. So if you allow me, let me tell you how it all began. <laughs>